You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. few weeks we've been we've been in a series called everyday mission and we've been discussing how we can truly be the church beyond the 52 how we can be the the Jesus follower that we're called to be not just on Sunday mornings that the same praise that we give at church on Sunday is the same praise we give outside of these walls and that's what we've been talking about and we've, we've been able to dig in and see that God has commanded us to take the gospel to everyone. We're commanded to do that. We've, we've got to see that, man, we can't, we can't provide conviction that the Spirit does that. The Spirit draws people unto God. So it kind of takes the pressure off of us. So as we go and we, we witness and we share the gospel, we understand that the pressure is not on us that the Spirit is doing work that only the Spirit can do. We've seen that the church has something to offer to a hurting and broken world, and that is Jesus. And then last week, we got to see how to be a good neighbor and what that really looks like. And one theme in all of these messages is what we're supposed to do as Christians. Right? We're following Jesus now. So, hey, here's some things that you need to do as Christians. And I think that that is vital. It's important. It's really serious business for us to understand what God has called us to do. But I think I would be doing us a disservice if I didn't kind of take all of this together and point it back to Jesus. Because after all, we are Jesus-focused. So although we're called to do certain things, it's all about Jesus. So this morning, as we, as we dig into this last week of everyday mission, what I want us to see is, yes, Jesus calls us to do these things. We're called to share the gospel. We're, we're called to allow the Spirit to do what the Spirit's going to do. We're called to take Jesus to a hurting and broken world. We're called to show compassion and love as a good neighbor. But it all focuses on Jesus. So if we don't bring it back there, then we're missing the point. So this morning, what I want us to do is think about our lives, do some, some self-reflection, and be honest, and answer this question. Are there things in your life that you know that you should be doing, that you really want to do, but you just can't seem to do it? Or let's flip that around. Are there some things in your life that you know you shouldn't be doing, and you don't want to do those things, but for some reason you tend to always fall back into the same pattern? And if we're honest this morning, we're, we've all been in that place. And maybe some of you are there this morning. Maybe you're in this cycle of disappointment, this cycle of anger. Because I'll tell you what we're really good at. We're really good at making deals with God and saying, hey, 
God, I don't want to do this stuff anymore. Or I really want to step into this and begin to do what you've called me to do. But man, the desire's there and the knowledge is there, but I'm just not doing it. I don't know what's going on. So I'm going to make a deal with you. Help me take this away from me. And then I will start doing this. And those deals are genuine a lot of times and we really mean it. And it seems that we still fall back into the same pattern over and over and over. And disappointment just encompasses our life over and over and over. And if we're honest this morning, we've all been there. And some of us are there right now sitting in this room. And I want you to know if you feel that way this morning, that you're not alone in that feeling. That you can look around and there's other people that feel exactly like you do. And one thing that I love about Scripture is that when we want to know something, the answers are in there. And I'll never forget, and I've said this before, but man, I went to a youth conference one time way back when I was a teenager. And man, the, the speaker was David Nasser, who's probably one of my favorite youth speakers. And he was holding a Bible up and he said, hey, if you want to hear from God, then you open up his mouth. Man, God tells us everything that we need to know in this book, in his word. The, this is the word of God. Amen? And we can find the answers to life in this book. And something that is cool is that if we're wondering what is going on, what do we need to do, how can we take our next step, man, we can find those answers in here. And this morning, my prayer for us is that as we really dig in, that we can see how to take our next step. We can see how we can get from this cycle of disappointment of having the desire and the knowledge to do what God wants us to do, but not being able to do it, how we can take our next step and begin to live in more intimacy with God. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some, some honesty from us this morning. We're going to have to be real. We're going to have to understand where we are to get to where God wants us to be. So I want you to to join me in Romans chapter 7 this morning. It'll be on the TVs. But we're going to see how Paul, one of the greatest men of faith to ever live, how he struggled with this same thing, how he struggled with knowing what to do, with having the desire to do it, and still not doing it. Or how he struggled with knowing what not to do, knowing that he shouldn't do it, having the desire not to do it, but still falling into doing it. And this is important for us because I think if we can, if we can really grasp the concept of this this morning, then living life on mission every single day because, becomes something tangible and something that we can truly do. But these first three weeks of this series, although very important and it tells us how we should live on mission, we can't do it without what we're going to learn today. We can't do it without Jesus. So let's read. We're going to be in Romans 7, and we're going to start in verse 15. Romans 7, starting at verse 15. It says, For I do not understand my own actions. 
For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Verse 20. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? God, I pray that you speak through your spirit. Bless the reading and the hearing of your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to give you three, three steps or three points of how we could take our next step and get through this cycle of disappointment. So here we have Paul. Understanding the difference between living in the Spirit and living in the flesh. And we're told all throughout Scripture that there's a war waging. There's a spiritual battle taking place. And Paul describes this many times. And how this war is between, man, I know that my spirit is longing and desiring for this, but my flesh is pulling me this way. And Paul, in this, admits something. And it's number one. The first step that we have to take is we must recognize our powerlessness. We must recognize that we don't have the power. And if we go back here in verse 18, it says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Here's the deal. Here's the truth. That we can have all the knowledge and all the desire in the world, but we don't have the power to live the way that God has called us to live. We can't do it on our own. And Paul, is he's referencing the law here, and he's talking about how, man, the law is good, and I really want to keep the law, but I can't. I know the law, and I desire to keep the law. I desire to do what God wants me to do, but I don't have the ability to do it. I'm powerless. And you can, you can go back and count, but... In verses 13 through 24, Paul says the word I or mentions himself about 30 to 40 times in these verses. So his focus has become on what he can't do or his struggle. It's all about I, I, I. And when we do that, we cease to focus on Jesus. And in and of ourselves, we have no power to do what God has called us to do. If we could keep the law, if we could keep the commandments, if we could do what God has called us to do, then we would not need a Savior. That's the truth this morning. We can't keep the law. We can't do what God has called us to do and be holy as God has called us to be holy in our own power. 
We don't have the power to live for Jesus the way that He wants us to live. That's the truth. And that's why we struggle. That's why we, we remain in this cycle of disappointment because we are trying to not do something on our own. So I want you to just think about a sin in your life that you're struggling with now or that you've struggled with in the past. And I want you to think about how, how you know that you shouldn't be doing that. And I want you to think about the desire that you have to not do it anymore because the knowledge and the desire is there. And those deals that we make with God, man, I'm not going to do this again. And it's genuine and it's sincere and we really don't want to continue to do it. But then we fall right back into it, whether it's the next day or the next week or the next month. And it's just a vicious cycle that we live in. And the reason that is, is because we're trying to overcome in our own power. And we are powerless to the wiles of the enemy. We can't, on our own, live the way that God wants us to live. And that's okay that you can't. We just have to recognize that. That's the first step. To recognize that we can't do it on our own. And then the second thing we must do is we must change our perspective. We must change our perspective. And we see if we jump to verse 25, Paul had just said, hey, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then in verse 25, he says this, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. So here Paul is saying, hey, I can't do this. I'm in a moment of desperation. And it's time for me to change my perspective. So because I don't have any power, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, and I've been disappointed. And it's causing me to be angry, or it's causing me to be bitter, or it's causing me to have guilt and shame, or I just don't feel good enough. And then he changed his perspective. and said, hey, I can't do this. Who will deliver me? Who will deliver me from this way of life? Who will deliver me from this cycle of disappointment? And he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. We must change our perspective to focus on no one but Jesus. And man, it's easy to say that sitting in church on a Sunday morning. It's easy to say, yeah, you know what? I know I can't do it on my own. I need Jesus. Man, that's good. But then we leave on Sunday. And maybe that inspiration that you have on Sunday mornings is, is not there on Monday. I know I've told you this before, but man, we, we play music at the end of service, every service. And we do that for a reason. Just I'm going to be honest with you, transparent this morning. We do that because music has been proven to help garner inspiration. We do that because it helps set a certain mood, like we need to help the Spirit kind of do His job. And I'm not against playing music. It's my decision. I tell them to do it. But here's the truth. 
That, that inspiration that we may have on Sunday, there's no one playing music while you're doing dishes on Monday. There's no one playing music while you're at work on Tuesday and Wednesday, dealing with a bunch of craziness that you don't want to deal with. Where's the music? It's not there. So we can't muster up this inspiration for you because we're not together. But you don't need that. The inspiration comes from what Jesus has done already. And there's tons of verses, and I just chose three, but 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. Then 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's all about what Jesus has already done. We must change our perspective. We must first admit, hey, I don't have the power to live on mission every day. I can't do it. I just can't do it. I've tried to do it. And I, I'm going to tell you this morning that Dustin has tried to live on mission for God. And he fails miserably. Man, I cannot do it. I have the knowledge and I have the desire, but I just don't have the power. And the same is true for you this morning. Maybe you have the knowledge and the desire, but you've never tapped into the power that can get it done. And that's how we change our perspective is we begin to focus on Jesus and understanding, hey, you know what? I can't do it. And it's really hard for us to admit that. And I can't tell you how many times that I'm trying to do something at home and I just can't figure it out and I don't want to tell Ashley that I can't figure it out because she's going to come in and figure it out. And then, you know, my... My man status kind of drops a little bit. And that happens all the time. And it's just hard for us. It's hard for us to truly get to a place where we can focus on Jesus. It's hard for us to truly get to a place where we can admit that we're powerless. That we truly need the Savior. But we must change our perspective. And the third thing we must do is we must live in constant praise. We must live in constant praise. In Acts 16, this is a very familiar passage, verse 25 and 26, it says, In about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. They were in prison, shackled. They were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone bounds were unfastened. So here we have Paul, the same guy that wrote this in prison, shackled, singing hymns of praise to God, praying. And God started to move. And I want you to know something this morning is that when we live our life 
in an attitude of constant praise that God moves through that. I heard a pastor say one time that God doesn't speak in the language of complaints. He speaks in the language of praise. And he's worthy of that. And we must live our life in constant praise. If we want to see a shift in our life, then we must praise Jesus. And I want you to notice something about this passage. And this is probably one of my favorite parts of this passage. Is that people were listening to Paul and Silas. And everyone that was listening, they were also set free. It wasn't just Paul and Silas. But because of, of their praise, because of their constant communion with God, other people were set free. Man, if we want to live on mission for God every day and we have constant praise, it's not only us that are going to be free, other people are going to be set free because of our faithfulness and our commitment and our praise to God. Man, think about how powerful that is. That if we can truly live in constant praise, we can experience freedom. And when we get to a place in our life where we can admit that we don't have the power, and our perspective changes, and we begin to focus on Jesus, man, the praise is easy. It flows because man, we realize how worthy He is. We realize that without Him, we're nothing. We realize that, man, it's, it's all because of Him. Let me read this to you really quick. It says, you thought the problem was that you didn't know what to do to save yourself. But the law came as a teacher, taught you what to do, and you still couldn't do it. You don't need a teacher. You need a Savior. You thought the problem was that you weren't motivated enough, but the law came in like a coach to encourage you to do what you need to do, and you still didn't do it. You don't need a coach or a motivational speaker. You need a Savior. You thought the problem was that you didn't know yourself well enough, but the law came in like a doctor and perfectly diagnosed your sin problem but the law couldn't heal you. You don't need a doctor. You need a savior. Man, the law is, is, is good. And Paul talks about how he wants to, to follow it and he can't. We're powerless to do that. The law doesn't save us. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can do that. So this list of do's and don'ts that you may have heard, I don't, I don't want you to focus on that because that's not salvation. Salvation is Jesus and what He did for us on the cross. Salvation is the resurrection. Salvation is God's grace and mercy and love and forgiveness. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. And as we think about this entire series, man, I just, as I was praying, and this wasn't the passage we were supposed to preach on today, uh, we have a schedule that we, we kind of put together, and this was not the verses. But as I was praying this week, and God was saying, hey, so you've talked about what you're supposed to do. Don't forget about me. 
And again, I think it's important that we understand the command to go and share the gospel. I think it's important that we understand that, man, the church has something for this world and his name's Jesus. And it's important for us to know how to be a good neighbor. But none of that can be done in our own power. None of that can be done without Jesus. So as we truly think about being the church beyond the 52, as we truly strive to be who God's called us to be, we can't do that on our own. And we can, we can gather together as, as many times as we want. And we can hold hands and we can charge the world in our own power and we will fail. But when Jesus is on the team, then we see things begin to change. We see things begin to shift. We see that cycle of disappointment turn into a cycle of victory, not because of us, but because of him. We see that cycle of failures begin to turn into a cycle of success, not because of us, but because of him. We see that cycle of guilt and shame begin to be a cycle of encouragement and real abundant life, not because of us, but because of him. It's all about Jesus. And as we close this morning, I want you to know my heart. And my heart is the same as it was last week and the week before and the week before, and it's for us to be the church that God has called us to be. It's for us to leave these walls and have an impact in our community. Because there's people that are hurting and there's people that are broken and there's, there's people that need a Savior. And we know the Savior. We can, we can offer them something that they need. And my prayer is that we do that. But we'll never be able to do that on our own. We, we don't have the power. So my prayer for us is that our perspective changes. It's, it's, not about, it's not about how we can live for Jesus. It's how Jesus can live through us. Because if we're trying, man, there's nothing. We're, we're not going to be successful. We can't do it. We're going to fail. We're going to keep repeating the same failures over and over and over and over. And that gets exhausting. I don't know if you've been there. I don't know if you're there now, but it's exhausting to continuously let God down. It's exhausting to continuously try your hardest and still come up short. And if you're like me, it causes just a, a lot of, of shame and guilt in your life because you just know that you're supposed to be different. You know that you're supposed to be better. You know that God has something more planned for your life. There's a greater purpose for you and you're just not, you're not reaching it. You're not living it. And man, it's, it's horrible to feel that way and to have that weight just bear down on you. And as you're inspired this morning by Jason playing the keyboard, That was a joke. Y'all can laugh.
And I, I want you to, I want you to know that you don't have to carry that burden. I want you to know that the burden doesn't have to be there. That what we must do right now in this place together is recognize that we don't have the power. We have to recognize that. We have to admit that this morning. And we have to mean it. So many of us try to, try to do it on our own. And I'm not condemning you for doing that. That's just human nature. We want to be able to do it. But we can't. I want you to know this morning that it's okay that you can't. That God knew that. That God knew that you weren't going to be able to do it. And He knew that I wasn't going to be able to do it. And He did something about it. He said, hey, I know that you're not going to be able to do it. But guess what? I got a plan. And He sent His Son, Jesus. He sent His Son, Jesus, to live a perfect life. To take our place on a cross. To be beaten. To be ridiculed and mocked. And he said, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this because I know you don't have the power to do it yourself. So here is, here is my son. Here is what I'm sacrificing for you because I love you. And if you're like me, then you ask all the time, why do you love me? Like, why? And the best answer I've ever heard is that God loves you because He loves you because He loves you because He loves you. It's not because I deserve it. It's because He just loves us. Because we're His. Because He created us to be in community with Him. He created us to worship and glorify Him. And he knew that we didn't have the power. So he, he gave us that. And when we can change our perspective and we can, and we can truly say, hey, I, it's, it's not me. Like, I just can't do it. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I'm just done and we reach a place of desperation. And people don't like to get desperate. It's uncomfortable. It's not a fun place to be. But all throughout Scripture, when people reach that place of desperation, is when their lives are forever changed. Because they allow God's power and God's love and God's mercy and God's grace to take over. And this morning, you may be in a place of desperation already. You may be in that cycle of disappointment. And my prayer for you this morning is that you take the step of recognizing that you're powerless and then changing your perspective to knowing that He is all-powerful.
knowing that he has a plan for your life. Knowing that he has life for you more abundant. And then I pray that we could take that next step of constant praise. Man, how awesome is it to come here on Sunday morning? Freely. And get to lift up the name of Jesus together. And it's one of my favorite 15, 20 minutes of the week. Is where I just get to come here with, with my family and worship Jesus through songs. And it's just a, it's a moment of intimacy for me. And I pray that it's the same for you. But it can't stop on Sunday mornings. Man, that praise has to continue throughout the week. If we truly want to be on mission every day and be the church beyond the 52, be the church outside of Sunday morning, then our praise must be constant and genuine. And when other people hear, man, they're set free. And I don't want you to think that people are going to automatically be set free because they hear you worship. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. And that's not the truth of Scripture. The truth of Scripture is that God can use your worship to bless other people. And that's what, that's what I want for us. I want for us to be a people that love God with everything that we are and love other people as we love ourselves, The law could be summed up in that short little statement. Love God with everything that you are and love people. And again, we can't do that on our own. We're powerless. So this morning, we're not gonna we're not gonna have an altar call, but I, I am gonna ask you to stand up with me. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church podcast.